Welcome to The Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And in this episode, I'm sharing a recent interview I conducted with actor Jake Gyllenhaal and filmmaker Guy Ritchie, who are both promoting their new movie, The Covenant. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant stars Jake Gyllenhaal as a highly decorated soldier, Sergeant John Kinley, who finds himself fighting for his life alongside his interpreter, Ahmed, played by Dar Salim. Through the struggle to survive, the two form an unlikely bond, but when Ahmed finds himself being held captive, Kinley has to risk it all to pay back this enormous debt and save his friend. It's a Guy Ritchie film that sheds a bit of the filmmaker's hallmarks and really is a lean, brutal story about a life-altering bond between two people. In our discussion, Guy Ritchie talks about tackling a war film for the first time and what drew him to the Covenant in particular. We also talk about Hall's previous experience with war films and how that differs from his work in this new movie. And yes, I couldn't help myself. I had to ask Hall just a quick question about the upcoming Roadhouse reimagining that he's starring in. Sadly, he won't tell me whether or not he gets to rip someone's throat out. But before I get to the interview, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, The Discourse, Bingeworthy, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your favorite shows. Before I play the interview, there's just one more thing I want to note. The audio for this interview just isn't the absolute best, and I want to apologize beforehand about that. Sometimes when you take part in the press junkets, the audio is handled by a third party, and for some reason, the recording came back a bit lackluster. However, you can hear everything being talked about, and Jake Gyllenhaal sounds incredible, as he should, but I just want to make a note that it doesn't sound as crisp as some of the other interviews. Okay, with that out of the way, here's my interview with Jake Gyllenhaal and Guy Ritchie. The Covenant debuts in theaters on April 21st. Enjoy. Nice to see you guys. Hey, Charles. Um, so I, I just want to start with, uh, with Jake here. Typically, when we talk about war, um, there's this idea that they're like big ensemble pictures. Um, and while you do have a good supporting cast in this movie, down to your character and Dar Salim's character. So I'm curious, when you uh, signed on for this and, and, and prepped for this role, did you and, and Dar have any time to build that bond, or did you kind of just let it grow naturally like the character's experience? Well, one of the best things of this movie that Guy said to me very early on was, you know, this is a story about action. It's a story about a relationship that is made begrudgingly and reluctantly and about two people who don't ever really say, oh, you're great. I really like you. In fact, they don't like each other that much through a majority of the movie, which I think makes the movie really, it's full attention as a result. And so, no, I, I met... Dar, um, on the same day that we, like maybe a few weeks before we started shooting, Guy and Dar and I all sat down and I, w I let Dar explain it himself, but he had just apparently come from the sauna and so he just couldn't stop sweating like Albert <laughs> Brooks in Broadcast News. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, think he, I think he was just sort of, he would say, and I've heard him say he was a bit intimidated by being around Guy and it was just, the whole thing was sort of becoming a, a, and a, a sort of real to him and and that was what began our relationship, um, complete embarrassment, sort of on all sides. I think we all felt uh, a bit embarrassed, but it was it was uh, it was it was it was not meant to be something that we had for many years. It was meant to be an unlikely marriage. You know, it was a, it was a truly an arranged marriage. And it is in the story. So so, Guy, you've jumped around uh, genres quite a bit during your career. Uh, but I believe this is the first time you really built a war film. So I'm curious if you've always had your sights set on this genre, and uh, what about this 
picture made it the one you wanted to make? Um, yes. Well, I've been wanting to uh, make something to do with war for some time. But this is the simplicity of this story um, and the elegance of the simplicity that really drew me in. And also it's current. And the fact that it was current gave it some credibility and some currency also. But, you know, Jake stumbled or did stumble across something that's kind of important. Uh, it's kind of it's it kind of irrelevant whether you like the person or not that you that you and it's kind of not really even a debt that's the other debt doesn't feel like the right word and doing the right thing doesn't feel like the right expression it's it's it is a covenant of sorts in the sense that you end up owing someone something and you don't like them for you owing it to them it becomes a begrudging weight upon your shoulders but the only way to wriggle out of it is to do something about it. There's something deeply human about that because there's nothing altruistic about it. There's something that's more important than, than altruism within that desire to help that pulls at the deepest part of you, which is very rare to see actually in a film and to, well, we attempted to capture it, whether we succeeded in that is, is another point, but it's, uh, we were we were keen and clear about not wanting that to be uh, too much of a sentimental relationship, but more of a relationship founded upon this kind of profound debt, which transcended more than conventional uh, ethical or moral code. It was a fundamental curse which had been bestowed upon that, the person that needed then to repay the debt in kind. And I actually like seeing it as more of a curse than I do as, a, the, the, and paradoxically, it turns out to be a blessing. But until, until you can do something about the curse, the baton that has been handed to you, you're in, you're in a hell of sorts. And the only way out of it is to do something about it. And I think that's interesting. And I don't know how many movies or how many stories are I'm familiar with that that is the focus of the objection. And, and Jake, uh, last time, speak similarly to the, this idea of a curse, a lot of the scenes in this movie that you had to really kind of express that emotion happens on the phone, oddly enough. Hmm. And the last time I spoke to you was for The Guilty, which is another movie where you're just on the phone a lot. And I always, when I... When I uh, I'm not just on the phone I, a lot. I'm only on the phone in that movie, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well... But you're you're asked to convey these like huge emotions and these pivotal moments while just kind of in a room by itself on the phone. What's that like, and how do you approach that sort of scene, especially in a movie like this, where, like I said, the the, the curse is is something that's almost palpable. Well, I mean, first, I'm firstly, I'm I'm not alone in that room. You know, when you're making a film, I'm I'm there with my director, and you know, that's the, <clears throat> you know, a lot of those scenes, guy. Guy starts to feel where he needs emphasis in his story, and he'll we'll come back and we'll 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 shoot things and we'll push things farther and and I think he knew uh, that you needed to see the struggle of red tape, you know that that you face when you're trying to you know deal with any government, right? Um, and I think that that is you know being calling up a, an agency of any kind or a government agency is a is a loan journey 
uh, and um, it is really where I think you start to see how difficult it is and why he has to do this and go on his own, you know. Um, I, I also do enjoy, there's a great big part of a phone call that's about imagination, you know, and that is what acting is about at its core is imagining so much of what is, you know, we're pretending and it's why I love acting. And so the phone offers you as an actor um, the opportunity to, to create in your own mind something on the opposite end. Sometimes you have the other actor there. In the case of those phone calls I didn't, I was just, I was just interacting with my own imagination. It felt like you're working some stuff out too. Like there's some <laughs> catharsis in some of those phone calls. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it was just uh, uh, frustration, you know? Um, yeah. Bad hold music, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, Guy, uh, action war films, getting back to part of this, it, at least in the US, they can sometimes be seen as kind of jingoistic and, and like almost like how cool being a soldier can be. Um, so the Covenant has more on its mind, as we've said, than just being that sort of war film. Um, but was it always, in, was it ever in the back of your head, I should say, when it came to some movie, showing the action scenes, showing how heroic um, these guys can be, where you were trying to make sure it didn't feel like a Rambo movie? Yeah, I mean, that, that was a concern of ours, that we wanted to take a neutral we want to take neutral ground in terms of a politicized position um, or a nationalistic position. Uh, I would say that I have an enormous respect for anyone that's in the military, um, the decisions they have to make, and they are the ones with the boots on the ground. And it, anyone that has field experience has to trump anyone that's thought about field experience. So. Firstly, I have an enormous amount of respect for everyone that's been in, involved in combat. But we, we made a, uh, we took a position to make sure that we were not, well, it just wasn't interesting to us whether who was right and who was wrong in this equation. What was interesting to us was the, the weight of this curse, which paradoxically is not a curse. And I suppose it's the paradox in that situation, the irony of the situation that is, for me as a filmmaker, so interesting. Irony is interesting, paradoxes are interesting. And where the, the nub of that was in these disparate cultures, that cultures became meaningless in the face of an act of something that's bigger than altruism. Um, something that has, without getting too reverential or pretentious, touches on the most interesting aspects of the human condition and the, ge the generous aspects of the human condition. Considering you're just, you, you are essentially flirting in a world about the antithesis of that. So when you get these vast expressions of positive expansion and generosity, that the weight of that, as, as we previously discussed, becomes a curse until it can become a blessing. And, and, Jake, uh, it's been a long time since since Jarhead, and I think that might be the last time you've done kind of a proper war film. Hmm. So I'm curious, uh, your your career has grown a bit since then. Um, so when you go and you, you tackle something in a similar genre, but there's been this much time in between, what was that like at this point in your career versus when you're coming off like Donnie Darko and Bubble Boy? <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting. I In Jarhead, I play a 
sort of the psychological journey of a recruit, you know, a young, a young man dealing with all of the, you know, the formation of, you know, his own mind and experiences and with very little experience um, in, you know, in war and not as much in life, you know. Um, so those are different, different feelings and a different experience. And this is very interesting. Now having had a much more experience as an actor, much more experience in my career, and then playing a character in the military who now has much more experience, who's a special ops sergeant, you know, the choices that he chooses to make are based in a whole different place. It's not about tumult and turmoil internally. It's about, I mean, it is at times about the choice, but the it's about, you know, being a grown-up in a, in a, in a different way. And... Um, it is pretty incredible to put on a uniform, you know, almost 20 years later and have it feel totally different, not only in expression, but in your body, how your body moves, <laughs> um, all the experience I've had with, you know, tactical experience, being learning from great tactical advisors for a few movies, even when I played ex-military, um, you know, weapons handling, you know, it's 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 pretty incredible to carry all those lessons into a movie, which I tried to do on this one. And and guy, uh, I over your career, you've developed kind of this style that feels unmistakably you. Uh, when you see a, a Guy Ritchie movie, it feels like a Guy Ritchie movie. Um, and I think it, that that comes with cert, sort of expectations, I guess, on the audience's part. And I feel like Covenant kind of shuns a lot of those expectations you do have a little bit of humor but there isn't you know this comedy by any stretch of the imagination so you're working on a film like this does it excite you to work on something that might kind of uh blow up people's preconceived notions of what a guy Ritchie movie is yes is the answer to that but at the same time i quite like people enjoying a guy Ritchie movie if you don't know what i mean <laughs> so i'm I, I, I'm, I'm cautious about drifting too far away from what i hope is something to do with it that relates to a Guy Ritchie movie. But that said, it, it, as long as I feel as though I can, I can trump what I've done before, or in, at least in a way that feels like it's original, then, then everyone's a winner, baby. I don't, I don't, I mean, you, you, you can't be a one trick pony, right? And I've, I've tried to make it my business in the last few years to expand my repertoire from the genre in which I've, I originated from but at the same time you know a direct, I also like a, a a film where I can sense the director behind the camera I'm not sure if I want to notice the director in front of the camera so to speak but I want to feel the influence of a director because I think create anything to do with creativity needs someone at the helm otherwise it ends up being a committee job and it, it ends up being a sort of a mush of unfocused and consolidated ideas. And in the end, filmmaking does need uh, someone that consolidates the general principle of the objective. I have to say, um, I'm quite I, pleased with myself. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, and just real quick, Jake, I, I got to go, but I got to ask you, as a huge Roadhouse fan, uh, the originals, the one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm just curious, um, what you get to rip somebody's throat out? Oh, I'm not going to give. <laughs> what are you asking me? Those are like Marvel secrets. No way. You're not getting any answers out of me. You're going to have to see the movie, I, and I can't wait for you to see it. As a, as you said, you're a huge fan of the original one, and I. It's a reimagining, but it's it's going to be really fun. Really fun. Cool. 
yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, thanks, guys, for for the review. Uh, movie's great. I really enjoyed it. And uh, everybody go see Covenant when it comes out. Thanks, thanks man. Uh,